Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. So last week we talked about how spiritual growth is a process of sanctification, the action or a process of being freed from sin, purified. So this week I want to take a look at how Christians are to come together in this process of growth. See, there's a, a large focus on salvation in the Christian community, and while that's important, I think we often fall short of the responsibility to cultivate growth in the lives of new believers. And this is one of the major responsibilities of the church. So when we fail to put energy into the lives of fellow believers, it often feeds into the attitude that is so popular today, the, the, the idea that I can do church right here, or, or, or do church in the woods, or in my car, listening to the radio. And the reason for that is when we boil down church to being only about worship, and not about serving one another and serving God. There really isn't anything to be found in a congregation that isn't found listening to a good song. And that's sad. John eleven forty one through 44 says, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me, And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. I think this passage gives an awesome example of how Christ desires the church to operate. First and foremost, We see that Christ is the Lord, and through him, Lazarus is given new life. But after Lazarus comes walking out from the tomb, Jesus immediately calls the church into action. Lazarus was saved, but he wasn't free from all of his bonds yet. Jesus could have revived Lazarus, put him in a white robe, freshly showered, and hosed down with Axe body spray, but that isn't what he did, is it? See, Jesus performed the saving miracle. But then he called his followers to serve the needs of Lazarus, to help release him from his fleshly bonds, to surround him with support while he transitions from his clothes of death to the clothes of life. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Often I think the truth is that we aren't very good at that. There are several ways that we really blow it with the lost and new believers in the church. But I want to start with this. First, is that we forget that only God can save. We get hung up sometimes on trying to manipulate a situation as if we can get the stars to align just right to help God out, uh, and, and then we can get our loved ones saved. John eleven twenty one says, Then said Martha to Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. See, she sends for Jesus and, and wanted him to come and save Lazarus on her time when she thought the healing should happen, and before she thought it was too late. And so we try to get people to hear just the right song or sit in just the right seat at church so they have a beeline to the altar. And and we listen to them intently 
when they're speaking for the sole purpose of finding an opportunity to insert God into the conversation, instead of just listening because we care. Now, witnessing is great. But, but John 13, 35 says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have, have love one to another. We should be walking billboards of God's love, and God's love will draw the lost to his salvation. But in, instead we end up often as billboards of, Hey, you need God. Bad. Let me tell you what's wrong with you. And... You'll never know joy like the joy you'll find when I tell you how not to go to hell, sinner. <laughs> now, please don't think I'm downing on evangelism because it is critical that we spread the gospel, but there's a right way and a wrong way, a right and wrong place to put the focus. And if we're preoccupied with getting people to our church, or I have to call because I know just the right thing to say, or I have a great idea to create the perfect scenario for God to work we may be a little off base on who is doing the saving. God saves by his will and his power. He doesn't need us to trick and peer pressure and align the stars so that his will can come to pass. And I've screwed that up a lot in my life, especially when I was younger, just thinking, well, oh man, if I could just get them to, you know, it's not about what I can just do. <laughs> the next way we tend to mess up when it comes to helping struggling people is that we get the order of operations wrong. See, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead before he gave the command for his followers to clean Lazarus up. Some of the worst damage that I've seen done to people who are beginning their search for truth is to have a Christian come along and, and try to get them all cleaned up and good enough. A dead man doesn't need new clothes. He needs life. But it's very easy for well-meaning people to think, well, I may not be able to lead them to the Lord, but, but I can work on them. <laughs> We can't fix dead. And any cleaning and polishing on a dead person we do is just going to hinder the realization that there's a problem. And so when we focus on the problems in people's lives, instead of focusing on their souls, we just push them further off track. If we go trying to change people without God, we're just confirming the idea that they don't need God. If we could save them without God, what's the point? Yes, Jesus told his disciples, to release Lazarus and let him go. But it is critical that we remember that God must be moving in the situation first, or we may very well be leading people to independence from God rather than intimacy with God. And the last one for today is really a sad one, and nobody would ever want to confess to this one, but it happens. And that is failure can come when we hesitate to get close to people because they stink like death. And I guarantee that Lazarus did indeed, as the Bible says, stinketh. When people get saved for the first or, or, or start, when people get saved or first start to seriously desire to understand faith, there can be a lot of death stink. There may be the stink of addictions or drama or anger or rudeness or just plain old ignorance of God's word. But God forgive us for the time that he brings someone to us that he has risen from the dead spiritually, but we sidestep because, well, they just, they still stink like death. God tells us, loose him and let him go. And we say, uh-uh, nope, I ain't touching that. I mean, how long must new believers stumble around in the graveyard before they meet a Christian who is willing to meet them in their grave clothes and help them find the freedom that God has granted? 
Now, I'm sure that we all like to think that we wouldn't act like that. But how many people have we failed to put any meaningful energy into because they just don't qualify to pique our interest? And we all love to help people who are as smart as us and clean as us and wealthy as us, interesting as us, pretty as us. But how much do we help people who aren't? So shame on us when we only engage with people in the kingdom who meet our criteria. I, I thank God for all the people in my life who lovingly helped me when I was in bondage and who aren't afraid to get a hold of me when my garments start to stink and help me shake off the grave clothes. As I said, it is God and God alone who saves, but he put all of us in this life together for a purpose. May we never be too clean or too holy or too important to help each other when we find someone walking in bondage. Galatians 6, 1-2 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of weakness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.